everyone. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great day so far. In today's episode, I talked to Nyla Chote, who is a youth activist from the Bay Area. She recently started her own nonprofit called My Roots Are Rich and recently led her local Black Lives Matter protest. I had so much fun talking to Nyla and it was such an informative episode. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hey Nyla, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. So first off, can you please tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're passionate about, and anything else you would like to share about yourself? Of course. So my name is Nyla Shote. I am a 17-year-old upcoming senior. Um, I'm from Milpitas, California, and I go to Milpitas High School. Um, A little bit about myself is that I am very involved in school. Um, I would say that I'm an active leader on and off campus. Some things that I participate in is that I am the Black Student Union President. I'm the up and coming school board representative. Um, Last year, I just finished out um, my junior year as being the class president. Um, I'm the LCAP representative at the school and um, the NAACP Youth San Jose chapter president. Um, Some things that I do that I recently came about is that I'm actually um, just at my own nonprofit called My Roots Are Rich. And um, a little bit about that is it's, uh, its goal, really, what we do is that we have various projects that surround the mission of empowering, inspiring, and educating people about the rich history of African Americans. Awesome. Who are some people you look up to and are inspired by? Oh my goodness, where do I start? Um, I think I'd start kind of at my home. I am so inspired by my mom. Um, I'm inspired by some of my teachers at my school. Um, shout out to Ms. Parada, Ms. Walensky, and Ms. Bilotti. They have just been some great role models for me who have just always motivated me to, I guess, follow my passion. Yeah. That's incredible because I think that a lot of people don't have teachers that they can look up to. So it's great that yeah. you have them. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, how do you use African-American versus Black correctly? I know people might be confused or might use them interchangeably. Oh, yeah. Um, so here is the total difference between the two. So one of my close friends, her name is Faith, and she is um, she was born in Nigeria. So you call that person African-American, and you could be white African-American, like, because you any person could be born in Africa, and they'll be called African-American, just like you'd be any other type of, like, um, subculture and American at the same time, just being, um, if you're from here, but your Black is more so, I guess, your racial identity, as in, like, um, the color of your skin, and, um, yeah, I mean, whether, honestly, I don't, I don't know many people who get offended by either or, but I understand why it could be mixed up. Like, oh, which one do I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how have you been feeling about the Black Lives Movement gaining traction in the past couple of weeks? Um, honestly, it has been so amazing to see. So much support and just so much activeness and allyship from people across the globe. Um, I just saw a video this morning of Japan having a Black Lives Matter protest. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is literally across the globe and they're supporting this movement. And I just think, um, you know, under the circumstances of why we're having this movement isn't, you know, such a happy situation. You know, George Floyd 
and Breonna Taylor and all the names of the people who weren't recorded, you know, that's why we're having this movement. And that's why we're saying Black Lives Matter. And um, it just gives me a lot of hope from everything that I'm seeing on social media right now. And it's, um, I, I think change is definitely coming. And something that I said at the recent protest that I hosted down here in Milpitas is that this is not a moment, but this is a movement because we are, this is not something that's gonna die down anytime soon. We are going to keep going full force and it's just, it's just gonna be an awesome thing. And I have so much hope um, just from everything that I've just been seeing. And I just think that social media has just been making things so much different than the civil rights movement. A lot of people are comparing the two. I'm just like, you guys don't understand the power of these social media. Like you could post a flyer saying, oh, I'm having a protest here. And then thousands of people come, it's just awesome. Yeah, incredibly well said. Kind of relating on to what you just mentioned, do you think social media helps or hurts us in terms of activism? Oh, I think it definitely helps us. Um, it definitely helps us in numerous ways. Obviously, it does have its you know downsides as well because there are you know trolls and haters who don't agree with the movement, with what's going on because they don't educate themselves on what's happening or they're too ignorant. But um, I think for the most part, it has just been an awesome tool for activists to use, for companies to use, to promote the movement as a whole. Yeah. Do you think people, especially influencers and celebrities, are just trying to post to be trendy and not come off as um, like insensitive? I think there's a fine line between the two, and it's hard to depict which one it is, where it's like if it's genuine or if they're just kind of following the trend of what others are doing. So I feel like myself, I can't say which is which, but I think some celebrities right now are going above and beyond. You know, some people are using their um, wealth and donating to the right causes, which is, I think is huge more so than just, just posting, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter, or like a black screen or something like that. Some are literally being active and using their resources to help spread the movement. And that's where I guess I would say like, they're really truly trying to help the movement more so than some celebrities who are just like say their names and things like that yeah right I think showing action like yeah. not beyond social media is mm-hmm. is even better yes definitely have you had to take a break from social media because and the news because it's very draining and overwhelming oh yeah I have um I think it's more so the first day that everything um, when I first saw the video of George Floyd being murdered by the police officers um, I cried, Elena. I cried, and I was just like, "How can this happen?" And everyone was reposting it, and everyone was like, "Oh, Nile, did you see this?" and stuff like that. And I did not sleep that night. It was during the week of finals and everything. I just had to shut off my phone, and uh, because it was, it was just so hard to just, you know, see someone who looks like my uncles, who looks like my brothers, who looks like myself, you know, literally doing nothing wrong and being choked to death it was just so horrific to see so yeah I have taken my breaks and you know I think once I finally was able to get myself together um I was like okay what can I do what can I do to take action and how can I show my support how can I be a part of this movement you know but it's also it's so important to put yourself first you know like uh, mentally and making sure that you're okay and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's fine to take a break off of social media because there's a lot of other things you can do beyond you know the internet and your phone that you can do to help so why do you think people 
are now starting to speak up as opposed to a couple years ago or even a couple months ago? Mm-hmm. Um, I really would say this also plays a part in just social media right now. Um, I would say not everyone, but a lot of people have seen the video of George Floyd. And there's so many times where, you know, names like Sandra Bland, Tamara Rice, and, you know, Trayvon Martin, where there wasn't video, like actual video to show exactly what happened. It's kind of just like one side versus another side, as in like, oh, well, I, you know, the police officer saying like what happened while, you know, the black side, the person's dead, so they can't really show their side on what happened. So I think it's so different than a few years ago because people, there are bystanders who are recording now and they're posting these videos. There's, you know, body cam footage and things like that now, which are really showing the true side to the criminal justice system right now. And I just think that people are finally opening their eyes and they're like, okay, this is not okay. And another huge part is, you know, what's also happening uh, with like, you know, quarantine and this whole pandemic right now, people, most people are at home on their phones. So it's hard not to, you know, open social media and just see it like, you know, in your face. And um, I think that that plays also a key part in why people are like, you know what, I'm at home, let me take action. Yeah. Right, right. So you kind of touched on this earlier, but what's your hope for the future and where this movement takes us? You know what, I just hope that it doesn't die down. You know, obviously last week is already, um, you know, it's already different than what it looks like this week. And I already know probably the next week to come, it's kind of, you know, dying down in social media. Um, and not just like, you know, by your peers and stuff posting, but just like even like news articles and things like that, you know, they're starting to switch their focus already. Like as if like, you know, we just had a week of protests and now it's done. There's so many communities who are still protesting, who are still, you know, doing their petitions, but they're just not publicizing it for reasons. That's a whole nother conversation for reasons of uh, why they're not publicizing it. But, um, you know, my hope is just that we continue fighting. Uh, until we get justice, until, you know, I'm pulled over and I'm not in fear for my life or my family's life. Mm -hmm. So that also leads us into my next question. How can non-Black people be allies and keep this movement going after it isn't trending on social media? Yes. Um, As I said at um, my speech on June 7th, allies are literally so important. It is so important. Um, For example, let's just say um, a white ally. Um, they have privilege. If you are able to recognize your privilege and use that privilege for good, as in signing petitions, if you are someone who has a lot of wealth or even, you know, could just donate $5 to organizations and, you know, supporting Black-owned businesses right now and just helping, you know, um, at your home, you know, a lot of the times um, some of my friends before I told me, you know, like, oh yeah, my parents are immigrants and I don't, they don't really understand, you know, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I'm like, okay, have a conversation with them. Explain to them. It's a learning experience and it starts at the home. You know, if you're able to just tell your family, then they tell their uncles and aunts and their brothers and sisters and, you know, just their future generations, that can stop so many problems if you just started at the home right now. And um, just, yeah, just as an ally, um, make sure not to overstep as in like, you know, use uplift um, black voices right now because they can. They're used to being silent. So uplift those voices. Repost any videos or petitions or donations or anything that you see right now. Repost it. Share it with your family. 
and um, speak up when you hear or see something that's unjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for people on how to have these difficult conversations with uh, family members or friends? Yeah, um, honestly, I would say be open-minded and ask your family members or friends to also be open-minded. I would say to always refer to them and be like, you know, imagine if this were me. Imagine if this was our race right now. Imagine if you couldn't walk into a store without being followed by store clicks just because the color of your skin makes you look dangerous or scary. I would think just um, try to, as best as you can, put your family members or whoever you're explaining to, to try to put them in the shoes of life for an everyday black person. Um, I had a conversation with one of my friends actually, who had told me that she was getting like some stares because she's Asian um, and she's a Chinese American. And she was like, yeah, they were looking at me. I had sneezed or coughed or something. People were like, oh, coronavirus. And she was like, yeah, I, I can't believe like I was getting stereotyped like that and getting looks like that. And I was like, yep, imagine that all your life. You know, like you're just getting like a little touch of the constant discrimination that, you know, African-Americans have been getting for centuries, for centuries. And um, she was like, wow, like you like really, like even just, just saying that little scenario, she was like, wow, like you really opened my eyes. And so I'll just say, you know, have those difficult conversations. It's okay to be scared, but they're conversations that need to be had. Mm -hmm. I think putting yourself in someone else's shoes on what a Black person has to deal with daily can help you really understand. Yes. So some of our listeners are international, and I wanted to know how people can help from other countries. Um, Another thing would just be support, support, support. Um, I would say... You know, like I said, I just saw a protest in Japan and I saw some comments under it like, oh, why, why is Japan, you know, doing this? There's barely a Black population there. Exactly our point, there's barely a Black population. So that community there wants to also feel like they're safe. They want to also feel, because there's discrimination that's happening, that's happening across the world, whether it just be police brutality or just systematic racism as a whole, because that's just worldwide. Um, I mean, there's, we could already have a whole other conversation about the education system about just just anything right now and it's just you know just support 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 um you know once again have those conversations with your parents who may or may not be immigrants and have conversations don't always look for the news as being correct because um a lot of times it could be uh what's the word i wouldn't say false but um altered it could be altered information and i would just say to just educate yourself on like what's going on around the world yeah super important kind of switching gears now you were the organizer of your local protest black lives matter ex Mopitas, and i wanted to know the planning that had to go into organizing a protest in such a short amount of time like take us from when you decided you wanted to do it to the actual day got it got it so i would say we had a not even a week probably five days um that went to planning this this event so what really I guess opened the idea in my head was I first went to a protest in San Jose and that was my first Black Lives Matter protest ever and I went there with my brother and I got there and I was like oh my gosh this is so beautiful I'm telling you there was just people of all cultures and people of all, you know, religions that were there, and they were just using their voices um, for the movement. 
And I was just like, this is so beautiful to see San Jose come together and um, people of all ages were there. And I was just like, wow, this is so awesome. I just had the most amazing experience. And um, I didn't stay long enough to see it go, um, I guess, go wrong as in like, you know, when the police showed up and started throwing tear gas and things like that. I wasn't there for that part, but I was only there for the peaceful part. And I was like, you know what? this was conducted so well. And I was like, came back to my hometown and I was like, so I have not heard anything. You know, I had, I wasn't hearing anything from like any message from the high school. I wasn't hearing any message from the mayor. It just was not being talked about at all. I'm telling you in San Jose, I was going on freeways and you'd see signs that said Black Lives Matter. And it was just really like in certain stores, they also had signs like hashtag George Floyd and things like that. And San Jose is neighboring right to Milpitas. And I was like, why is Milpitas like in this bubble? As in like what's blowing up across the world right now and Milpitas is just not talking about it. So I, I bring this up to my mom and I'm like, mom, um, why is Milpitas so quiet? Like not talking about the situation at all. Once again, we also have a very, very, very small black population. And um, so I was like, my mom was like, all right, change it. She, she literally was just like, okay, like, what are you going to do about it? And um, I started thinking, I was like, what if I like, you know, just post this flyer about having to protest um, from, I think I first had it going from like the police department to city hall. But then um, I then got into contact with some of my teachers from my school who, when I say the support was so immense, it was so immense. And they're like, you know what, let's talk to the principal and get him on board and letting us meet at the high school. I think that's really important to show the school's support to break the silence. I then contacted the mayor. I even contacted the police department as well because um, at the San Jose protests and other protests in our surrounding communities, people were getting ran over by cars and um, people were getting really injured. And I thought it was really important for me to, I guess, inform the officers of what was happening. Um, I wasn't partnering with them or anything like that, but I thought it was, um, the smartest thing to do was to inform them so they didn't show up in riot gear and tear gas and rubber bullets and just all that crazy stuff. So once I started contacting people, this is probably like four days before the actual protest, um, I was like, okay, let me post this flyer. And I posted the flyer and it just blew up. In like seconds, I just saw my friends reposting it. The mayor reposted it. Um, just, I mean, people who I didn't even know were tagging me in photos, like, oh my God, come to this protest. And I was like, how did this blow up so fast? And then I even got a call from the mayor just saying, thank you. You know, like he didn't feel like it was his place to like, you know, start the movement, but he's all there for the support. And um, that was just amazing to see. And I got so much support from just everyone in my community. They just really needed someone to really kickstart it. Anyways, going forward, days and days, or not days, I had like two days to really get <laughs> together I started a GoFundMe page and um, the goal was to raise a thousand dollars for anything that could have been um, during the protest that could have gotten damage or um, refreshments of water just I was raising the goal was a thousand dollars on the GoFundMe account less than two days it surpassed five thousand dollars which was so amazing and we're already using those funds to help um, local communities with bailout funds and local black businesses um, as well and then we finally get to the day of the protest and it just ran so smoothly. Um, I was able to contact some of my local leaders at my school, um, the vice mayor, some um, people from the NAACP, 
and we just had amazing conversations. Uh, we just spoke from our hearts for the most part, and somehow 5,000, 10,000, I'm getting so many different numbers from people. Mercury News was telling me 2,000, and other people told me 5,000, but there's definitely thousands of people who ended up showing up to this protest, and when I say it was probably the most peaceful protest that I have ever gone to, it was just so amazing. Um, and people were listening, people had signs, people, like I said, I'm gonna say there's probably 10 people out of those thousands who were actually black and it was just the allyship, the support was just, it's, I'm still in shock right now, honestly, of everything. And I've just been get, getting endless opportunities um, through my nonprofit, which sponsored the whole event. And it's just it's been just so awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. And at my local protest, I also saw tons of different people that I didn't even know. Yeah, Yeah, it was incredible. Do you have any tips for people who want to start their own march or protest? Like anything you wish you knew? You know what? Um, I would just say just do it. Because there are going to be so many people. I can't even, I can't even tell you the number of people of people who are just like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, you don't have enough time to do it you're too young, you know, this could be really dangerous, Uh, you know, the whole pandemic and things like that, Uh, you know, watch out for looters or people who might not agree with you. There will be so many people who will throw and say anything to stop you from doing what you're doing. And it even got to me at a certain point where I was like, okay, but maybe I shouldn't. Um, It could also be, you know, your own family. It could be the police department themselves. I mean, there were times that they said, oh, maybe you should just stay at one location. And it's okay to tell them no it's okay to say no and you know just do it like just just do what if your heart's telling you one thing follow it follow it Mm -hmm. yeah great advice now I want to switch the conversation to talk about your nonprofit my roots are rich when did your idea come about for your nonprofit can you tell us more about your mission I know you kind of touched on this earlier Mm -hmm. in the episode yeah um so basically um I'll also reiterate again Um, The goal of my nonprofit is to inspire, empower, and educate people about the rich history of African Americans and their contributions to America. What really, I would say this nonprofit was um, literally last year around this time, I was at my um, auntie's house who was actually in a coma. And I was hanging out with her two twin boys. And um, this is in Louisiana. And we went to an event called Black Boys Read. There, they had um, a bunch of young kids, I'd say, probably under the age of seven. And they were just reading books together, and they were had speakers who came in that looked like them, who were just saying, like, you can be a pilot. Like, literally just, like, telling them, like, reassuring them of, like, all, like, the amazing things that uh, Black boys can do. Because right now, you know, we're not always shown the the, I guess, literally amazingness of (laughs) Black people in America right now. And they're just giving them that reassurance, like, you know, you can be a pilot just if I can do it, so can you. I was there and I was truly in awe. I was just, you know, kind of like the chaperone just listening in. I was like, this is so amazing. I wish I had this when I was growing up. I wish I had, you know, that person telling me, you know, you can do this too. Because right now um, in the education system, we're not always shown that. We're, you know, we're usually just taught about slavery. Um, you know, sometimes we talk about Martin Luther King a little bit, but I was like, there's so much more history and so much more that we're not taught about African-Americans and that's not okay. 
you know, a lot of times the history books that we're taught are just from the white perspective and they're not going in, into depth enough about African-Americans because we literally built America, you know, along with like, you know, Native Americans who this was their land, you know, they, they came and took us and we built what into what America is today. And we're not oftentimes given the credit of it. And um, anyways, going forward, um, I'm telling this stuff to my mom and I was like, mom, you know, like, am I, did I really just, are my ancestors just slaves? Like, is this what I came from? Like, that's it? And she's like, no, 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 no. Slavery was like for 400 years. There's so much more history behind that. Sadly, you know, we were stripped of getting that knowledge of knowing where we're from. You know, I can't say, you know, I'm from Ghana or anything like that because, you know, our history was literally stripped from us, you know, once we were taken um, on the slave ships and, you know, they mixed all these different um, cultures together. So um, going forward, my mom was like, this seems like something you're really passionate about. Like, you know, take action and make change. You can do it. My mom, like I said before, is like one of my huge, largest motivators of all time. And uh, we started, we signed up for creating this nonprofit and the name My Roots Are Rich literally came to me because I always thought my roots, you know, my origins were poor. I didn't think they were rich. I always thought they were just, you know, slavery because that's all we're taught at since a young age. And um, I started just, my mom enrolled me into a lot of classes and different programs that just taught me the history that we should be learning. And it just gave me a different outlook on my people. It was, it was amazing. And I was learning that, you know, we invented the the traffic light and we invented just literally so many things that were just not taught, you know, peanut butters, all these like things that like America like uses, but we just don't know about. And there's so many scientists, so many electricians. And it's just, I'm like, how, why are we not taught this in the books? Because, you know, the media, you know, just shows us being like gangsters or thugs and things like that. And I'm just like, if when you're seeing that, that's how you're going to feel about yourself. While um, in class, you know, I was also taught in uh, AP World History, you know, oh, you know, Africa's known for their diseases while Europe is known for their riches. And I'm just like, no, oh my God, like, that's not true. Like, literally, that's not true at all. And um, I was like, with this nonprofit, what I want to do is educate people. And I always say people because I'm saying teachers, teachers need to be educated too. Um, young people need to be educated at a young age. Adults need to be educated on Black history and what their contributions to America are. And um, I would say I haven't really taken action with the nonprofit until quarantine and this whole pandemic happened because I was so busy with all the other activities I was doing with school. And um, the first project that I had was called Read for a Cause where we had um, students of color reading empowering books to um, young kids whose parents were like, you know, too busy working or just weren't used to having to be a teacher. And it was really awesome because a lot of elementary schools were like implementing this into like, you know, like their homework and like they had to watch a video of us. And so that blew up really, really amazingly. And um, then afterwards, um, that was the first project. And I was like, all right, this is the first one, but there's so many more to come. And then the Black Lives Matter movement took off and I was like, okay, like I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna use my nonprofit to, make make Milpitas break their silence. And there's just so many more projects to come already. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm already building my team right now. It's just been nothing but amazing. Um, we just finished talking to the police department 
about, you know, further steps our community needs to take to make sure that we feel safe here. And um, yeah, uh, we also just educate people, you know, by posting different, you know, inventors and black women who are, you know, not getting the credit that they should be given. And um, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's what we're doing. That's incredible. What are your future goals for My Roots Are Rich? Um, yeah, I also touched this a little bit. It really is to just continue empowering, inspiring, and educating people um, through different projects. Um, I give you a little sneak peek. There's already one coming up um, that we're working on called Bigger. And in this way, we want to switch, you know, people's outlooks on the N-word into, you know, something bigger than that. And, um, you know, there's just so much that we want to do. We're working on trying to get a website so that our information could be spread worldwide. And um, yeah, just, you know, we want to continue not only um, with community service, we want to do some field trips with some young kids and even adults to like African-American museums and things like that. And um, just educating people, just educating. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see you guys grow. Thank you. So a lot of people want to know how to register their nonprofit to be a 501c3. Do you have any tips on how to do that? Yeah, um, honestly, I have this book. Oh my goodness. I was, I was just had it in my room. But um, I would say get some books, um, read up um, exactly what, you know, a 5013C is. And, um, you know, what I did, uh, what my mom helped me do is we got an attorney who like specialized in like nonprofits and things like that, who mostly like did the work from us just because we have a family friend who's um, good at that. But um, make sure to get your EIN. And, um, you know, if you need any guidance or support, you can always DM me and I'd love to, you know, give more steps on how to do it. And I, I would love to support anyone who wants to start their own nonprofit because that is, like I said, I want to inspire others. You know, I want to inspire others to take action, you know, so <laughs> hit me up anytime. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any tips on how to grow your nonprofit or for yeah. someone who wants to grow their nonprofit? Yes, network, network, network. It is so important to um, reach out to people, you know, even if it's just DMing a celebrity, you know, they may or may not respond, but at least you tried, you know. Um, Start your community level, um, you know, publicize to your mayor, because for the most part, it's, um, you know, they want to see you do well. They want to see someone in their community grow. So a lot of the times mayors have huge platforms and they'll just, you know, share your nonprofit. Um, that's one of the biggest ways that I um, was able to be publicized. It's really important to hold events with your nonprofit. If you're able to um, have like, I don't know, like a launch party or anything like that. Um, we couldn't really do that because of, you know, um, everything that's happening with the COVID-19, but have events, hold events. Um, the Black Lives Matter protest was a huge thing for the nonprofit to kind of scale. And also publicize like crazy on social media, make sure to you know, it's going to start off small. It's not just going to blow up in one day, but, you know, keep posting, keep going at it. Don't stop because, I mean, I started very small, you know, with only 50 following me and half of them were just like my family. And um, so it's just let it grow. It's, it's going to take time, but, you know, as long as you're passionate about what you're doing with your nonprofit and your mission, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to take off um, in time. Right. I think it never hurts to reach out to someone because the worst thing they could say is no, right? So, yeah. Um, Last question. How can people contact you and what are your social media handles? Yes. 
So if you'd like to contact me personally, um, you can reach me at nyla.shote on Instagram. You can also email me at nchote, C-H-O-A-T-E-S, at gmail.com if you want to contact me for anything. I'm, I'm so open to anything. Um, you can reach me at nyla.shote on Instagram, Facebook, and yeah, that's, those are basically the two main ones I'm active on. And then if you'd like to support my nonprofit, please do at My Roots Are Rich. Um, you can do that one on Instagram and Facebook as well. And to email us, you can do my rich nonprofit at gmail.com. Awesome. Nyla, I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so that is the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Make sure to check out Nyla's nonprofit, My Roots Are Rich. I think if you guys are looking for a resource to educate yourselves, this is a great way to do so. If you would like, feel free to follow us on Instagram at SheChatPodcast. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.